And we are super psyched to welcome our newest sponsor, Thunder Road Guitars. Thunder Road Guitars is the Pacific Northwest best source for premium, new, used, and vintage guitars, amplifiers, and pedals. Online or in their Seattle, that's West Seattle, or Portland stores. You'll find fantastic customer service and a terrific vibe. I know because I'm in there a lot. Grab a cup of coffee, swing on in, don't spill your coffee, and check it all out. And now if you use code TOURSTORIES10, you can get 10% off at thunderroadguitars.com. Yes, that's me playing guitar. Hello, big news from our friends over at DistroKid. They now have an app. This app works on iOS and Android, of course, and it's available in the Apple Store and Google Play Stores and all the stores where you buy apps. Go check it out. It's got a lot of cool features. You can upload new releases. You can get notified when you've earned royalties. Awesome. You can withdraw from the app via push notifications. A little dangerous for me, but rad. Anyways, go check it out. It's all at distrokid.com app. And don't forget, you can still get 30% off your DistroKid account by going to distrokid.com VIP slash tour stories. Have a great one. We continue to celebrate our friends and partners over at Isotope, and we got some big news for you. The gold standard of audio repair, RX11, is coming in May. In the meantime, you can buy RX10 now on sale and get RX11 absolutely free when it's released. Tour Story listeners get 10% off by using code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. All at isotope.com. That's I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com. Hello, Tour Story listeners. Thank you for your continued support, and welcome to Season 4. I'd like to take a second to thank our friends and sponsors over at Isotope. Here at Ruinous, Chris and I rely heavily on easy-to-use tools like RX and Ozone for all of our audio repair, mixing, and mastering. Now, Tour Story listeners can get 10% off Isotope plugins or try Music Production Suite Pro for free for 30 days using code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. To get your discount and check out all of their easy-to-use products, go to isotope.com slash ruinous. That's I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com slash ruinous. And use code FRET10. And thank you for listening. Hi, Pete. Joe. What's going on, man? Uh just saw some orca whales doing flips in front of my house you did yeah not i'm not shitting you at lunchtime got the call that they were nearby and we jumped in my little work motorboat and there was like eight of them going bananas how close were you so i was the legal 300 yards away not like some of these other assholes oh yeah that's right you know just any anything with people there's always a fucking idiot and um but yeah the so you know not really close but I'll send you a video from the camera. You can see him doing flips and stuff. Okay. I saw a porpoise yesterday here in West Seattle, or two porpoises. I don't know what a porpoise is, to be honest. They look like large black dolphins. And there yeah, were it's like a dolphin with something different. I can't remember what, like different heads or something. Look at us. Yeah. Look at our Puget Sound, alive. Yeah. Yes. I was 
250 feet away too, but I was paddling. I don't know. I probably can get close on a paddleboard. Yeah, I don't I don't know those specs. But um yeah, he's, you know, be <laughs> cool. Leave him alone. Where are you exactly? Are you still you're still in Olympia though, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's Priest Point Park right right behind me. Um mm. so we're just the first house after the the park which is like the gigantic cool park in town. You have kids. Yeah. They, they've got to be in junior high by now, right? Yeah, eighth grade, and my oldest daughter just finished the first year at UW. All right. Do you ever come and visit me when you visit her? No, you don't. I, do, I can answer that for you. Since the bridge, I mean, the bridge, I'm like, can people visit you? Is there a way to get to you? With the... Yeah, the south end is where I uh, live, even. I don't even. Um... Well, that's where our pickleball court is, so you got to oh, come up and play. Yeah. And we do have to make this quick because I have a game in 59 minutes. Sorry to mess with your pickleball schedule. That's okay. Yeah. That's okay. Um, all right. So I know what you've been up to, and I want to talk about these. Can I say VA? Or is it? do people only call verbal abuse VA? Oh, dude. It's, uh, the, the band I was in <laughs> is verbal assault. Uh, I know. I know. But, yeah, so half of the people call it verbal <laughs> abuse. Pretty much every flyer from the Seven Seconds tour was Seven Seconds, verbal <laughs> abuse. And then they, they would always say, from Long Island, sort of like Rhode Island. Right. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, I know about the verbal assault show, and I want to talk about that. But what what else you been up to? Are you playing guitar with anyone else these days? No, just uh, just me in the basement, really just playing the verbal assault songs over and over and over again because I can't practice with them very frequently. So I just go down there late at night and uh, go through all the songs to try to keep them at the tip of my fingers. And I haven't, because of that, it's been hard to write anything new. I, I pretty much wrote everything jamming live with humans in my life. I was never like a bedroom like, yeah. wizard where I'd work something out. So now I'd, those guys are on the East Coast. So it's it's tricky. How was it getting the the muscle back? Was it daunting? I'm trying to learn a whole record right now of yeah. another band, and it is fucking daunting. I I mean I was like an unfrozen caveman, so it it felt like <laughs> you know I, I like when I moved out here, you know I played with Lois, and then I had all those songs with William, but then once my equipment got entombed in William's basement. Uh, I pretty much didn't touch a guitar for almost 20 years. It seemed like just building my first house. And then the kids, the kids hated my guitar playing. They would always like crawl over and like stop it. And uh, then they would knock over the guitar because they didn't like it. And then, um, so yeah, I just packed up the guitars for like a couple of decades there. And um, so, yeah, I'm kind of just like, I just reawoke from a coma in the same spot I was. And, uh, so it really wasn't that hard. Oh, that's good. Um, the stuff I couldn't remember, I would, I did it so often, I would let my brain kind of drift off, uh, kind of listen to it along with the record, and then it would just pop out of my fingers. It was it did fascinating. Yeah, once I figured, it, once I realized I, I could, I could just let my dementia just kick in, and then just let the muscle memory produce yeah. the desired sound. So that was, that was golden. That's what I need to do is trust my muscle memory because I know yeah. these songs that I'm learning right now. But, you know, I don't know. Somewhere in between, 
not necessarily technical, but, you know, just ability and memory and just playing. And I'm just keep getting stuck on just ability, it, which I have. It's all, yeah. Uh, what I've learned is that uh, just keep the brain work out of it <laughs> and uh, you'll be fine. Yeah. Speaking, speaking of, you should get um, your podcast company to, to buy you less creepy lighting. You look like a Silence of the Lambs basement podcaster. Well, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. I I don't criticize myself as harshly as you. No, do, no, it's but... not you. It's the, the video quality. I'm going to send you oh, a photo. Of it. Oh. Do, you, do you see this? It's terrifying. You look like a skull with bright blue devil eyes. No, I don't know what's going on there. Maybe I'm changing into that. Um, okay. What spawned this? Is it a reunion or is it the um, unpausing of verbal assault? The genesis of it was the run-up to the 2020 election. Mm -hmm. I had put some funny Bernie Sanders Instagram videos out. And then um, yes, you did. something about that, maybe that reawakened the performance thing. But there would talk of, uh, oh, yeah, our a couple of our records are coming out. Our, our dear friend in Rhode Island, Brian Simmons, who who is literally the person who like found the frozen verbal salt <laughs> cave and like excavated each body and then like, you know, got naked in each sleeping bag with the corpses and just like reawakened each of us. Um, and then he was putting the records back out. So that activity had us all together chatting and, um, feel, you know, we were all just like talking about the election the whole time. And I think I had said something about how, um, I just seen jawbreaker at, in Olympia and I just had just a, epiphany of like well fuck if i could give like our hundred friends back in rhode island one one evening of joy that they constantly pester me about i should probably just yeah. do that and um then there was just talk of like oh we could try to do like we used to do and do lots of political tabling at the shows and and all that and then and then the pandemic hit the week we were supposed to start practicing and um and then history caught up with our exact lyrical time era with like i mean everything down to the, like a russian ground invasion of europe and like wow. clarence thomas You're being right. back in the news and the, the documentary about my last year high school stranger things came out and that that was big <laughs> this year was about 1986 which was the year i graduated so i used that as like a my main prop for talking to my children about my childhood <laughs> so yeah it it seemed like uh history and our unfrozen caveman bodies all came back together in a great reunion. And you've played how many shows now? Uh, six. Yeah, we just came off a Midwest for four show Midwest stint a couple of weeks ago, and um, yeah, played Providence and uh, New York back in March. Yeah, how'd it feel? Turned up being in a pretty good hardcore band is super fun. And what what better genre for old guys to to come back into <laughs> who has more grievances than a bunch of like 53 year olds and chris was pretty prophetic with his lyrics um they all kind of make more sense now i agree with yeah, that it's bizarre uh who's coming to the shows besides us are there kids uh a lot of old timers and they often bring their children yeah and then in new england it was kind of the most heartwarming thing in the world it felt like a mark Wahlberg movie where it comes back to like Boston where after like 30 years in prison and, uh, and like all the kids have like 
you know, made all their own really great bands and it's a pretty thoroughly cool scene back there. So yeah, the, the province show was nuts. It was like a, the most glorious high school reunion with everyone's children stage diving and are people dancing? They're stage diving. Are they dancing the old hardcore way? Yeah. Uh, uh, Providence was the most. And then New York was just old bald guys with glasses. Yeah. You know, a, a couple feisty ones up front. And a lot of like, you know, like people reading their journal for the first time in 30 years and kind of just <laughs> bopping. And like, at one point, we had the whole crowd chanting, uh, share the hair. Me and Chris were talking about how we noticed that among the crowd there was uh, that we weren't the only ones with a newfound uh, fascination with skinhead culture, and uh, and then we were like, complaining about how the rhythm section of the band was just like they have the best hair. This is like the most boyish fucking hair. And then uh, we had the crowd turn on our rhythm section. Good. Yeah, because they still have. Well, not good. I actually, I'm I'm on their side. Shockingly, you're a drummer with with good hair. Go figure. um i want to talk a little more about that and i want to talk about uh i have a couple questions about verbal assault from way back when surprise but um i want to play uh running first does that sound cool all right here we go
some riffage. That is, Thank that you is some riffage. for that. I watched some live footage, Pete. How are you still a ripper? You took 20 years off, and I'm being serious, too. I'm not just trying to be a friend. How is that possible? Uh, I, it's It was fucking easy. It was weird. Um, <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Uh, it's just in there. It's just completely in there. And it, something about um, having to be ready to play with my friends and play in front of people, you know, I was just focused. But from pretty quick, it was it was all it all just came back out. And I remember that in in my past, there was times where I would um, like when I moved out here, I didn't play for a, a good spell. And I remember noticing that I always played really well after not playing for a long time. I, I'm not the kind of musician that would like noodle a ton. It was always uh, usually playing with people. And I learned quickly that I just wasn't like a lock myself in the cave and practice scales kind of guy. I just, uh, for me, it was always about a band and like kind of mission oriented. And so I think just literally having a mission again was like, all right, I'm back. Yeah. How was the uh, first practice? Fucking really good. I had the um, yeah, yeah like, uh, old old Rhode <laughs> Island buddy. He's turned into like the amp librarian of, of Quidnick Island, and uh, so he has the original trial Mesa Boogie amp. And um, really, yeah, yeah, and uh, Jeez. uh, the Marshall got stolen. So who knows where that is? But but that was always kind of the secret ingredient. Um, yeah. So I was in a little garage you know, with the full old verbal salt amps. And I put the, the pickup that I always used in the guitar, which was makes a huge difference, it turns out. And um, yeah, within within like half a song, it was just like goosebumps. And Chris, shockingly, sounded fantastic from the get-go um, and was like, yeah. like he's re- reawakened as a less of an air-based performer and more of like a ground-based Mussolini kind of third-world dictator, like with these like very impressive... <laughs> And dramatic arm motions and uh yeah i'm, right. I'm not exaggerating i was like at, at the first show i was i was <laughs> shitting my pants i was like mortified like i hadn't been on stage in two decades and luckily chris kind of carried the day with his uh theatrical uh newfound dictator body language do you think he just had to come up with something or do... i don't know man that it just my nursery school friend is a fucking mystery to this day i have no idea how, how he operates <laughs> It's a total, total mystery. Oh, nursery school. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. That is crazy. Yeah. I remember you telling me that 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, I asked you about practice because that's kind of the first thing I thought about when I saw that you guys were playing again or when I saw footage of that show because even if I take like a month off with a band that I play with regularly, you know, when you get back in there, it's just... yeah. Goosebumps. Yeah, and it had to have been insane. Yeah, the the first show it it looks fine when you look at it on on like a YouTube, but the um I was I was fucking having a hard time. I, I there's so much anticipation, and then uh so I was like like while I was playing, I was looking ahead trying to to make sure I knew what the fuck was coming because it was kind of happening fast. But then my mind was just wandering like crazy backwards. So I was like thinking about like and my dad, you know, kind of loan me money to buy the verbal salt van which was the biggest you know, yeah. the biggest fucking gift that you could really do 
it was from an auction site and it did have the steering column ripped off and it did smell like marijuana. So it was like some drug heist van that he got for like really cheap. And then he probably even marked it up for the, for the amount we had to pay back. No steering column. It was ripped off and like hot wired. We had to start it with a, a coat hanger for the first couple of months. Oh yeah. Um, but so my mind was just like, uh, like either way ahead of time or way behind time. I was not as a drummer, you would know that I, I didn't know where the pocket was, but it just, it just seemed to sync up somehow. Second show was great. Second show pressure was off and it was played a lot better. Right. Well, I want to ask you, cause I went through the catalog last few days or so. And, um, I was listening to your first stuff and, and then kind of the trial stuff, mostly obviously the stuff in between too, but um, there's something uh, a lot of bands that I listened to in the eighties, I was listening to punk bands and a lot of bands in the Bay area did something with either production or guitar playing. And that was what a lot of people call crossover. Something about metal came into my punk life and all yeah. these bands and it was like rkl and and it wasn't just metal and it didn't even feel like metal back then but it's definitely would be considered it now but again you know dri is the most boring uh example of that but the most clear example of it in fact they have a record called crossover um but you know i watched rkl do that in that band capital punishment there's a yeah. million bands I, I watched do that and embraced it and it inspired my first band when I was 14 because I met Jason Peterson, who was not a skater. He was a metal guy and, and I wanted to play music and none of my skater friends wanted to. And he introduced me to Slayer and I introduced him to whatever capital punishment. You got peanut butter in my chocolate. Um, yeah. Um, and, there's, I have a fondness in my heart for, for crossover and what actually happened nerdily. But do you remember when that happened for you, either with the guitar playing or when you guys were making records? Yeah, I remember it clearly. And then um, I, I was sort of, and you wouldn't know the trial, you know, there's some chuggy. Trial gets a little bit chuggy here and there. Yeah. But I hated... I didn't hate metal. I didn't care about metal. I didn't like metal. I didn't listen to metal. The yeah. only metal I would listen to would be when we were on tour. Dylan would play like the, the first two Metallica tapes a lot. And there was just a couple things I liked on that. But, um, and, and I hear, you know, I hear like metal type stuff coming out of my hands. But for me, I was like the, the vein I was chasing was fucking Dr. No, Bad Brains. I wasn't chasing like mm -hmm. any metal at all I, I didn't like it i thought it was corny I, you know the lyrics with wizards and stuff it was like this is stupid or you know yeah I, I was like a you know it happened on the east coast too a little a little differently it happened really early in boston you know all the i started going to shows in like 82 and then 83 and i think i mean ssd was the you know with the local heroes and then there was the year where all of a sudden like every band had they had francois <laughs> a guy named Francois, yeah. second guitar, yeah. and then Scream got a second guitarist, Harley. The, the, everyone was getting like a second metal guitar guy, and I was just like, "What the fuck is this? Yeah. Like, this, is, this isn't where I'm at." You know, I and know. I was just like a dedicated, like you know, minor threat aficionado, and uh, I was just like, "What the fuck's going on?" And then Gangrene and the Fu's, you know, 
became straw dogs and yeah. so everything was going metal and i was just like not into it um and yeah so for me personally i know some of my shit sounds metally and and honestly if, if, if at the most honestly naked thing i can say about it is that to this day i think fucking randy Rhodes' crazy train is the best guitar performance ever made and i think <laughs> just in my head yeah. that was always the standard of like you know, if when in doubt, go in that direction because it's just like the most free flowing. Yeah. Like I, since I was a little fucking kid, I felt like I was like literally flying when I would hear that song. I think that's the one metal song I, I liked back then. Um, yeah. So so yeah, it was it was Doctor No and Tom Lyle and you know, like uh, the whole quarry of guitar players I liked were all DC. It was just all Doctor No, Tom Lyle, Brian Baker, Mike Campton. Uh, you know, that was the literally like the gold mine of guitar players for me. Then look right. then the Embrace album kinda of became like the biggest like tweak, like, oh fuck, you could just do that if you were smart enough. And I I, I couldn't leave that much space in any riff, so I would have uh, add some chugs just 'cause also I was like I can still a toddler at the time. I was like seventeen when we recorded <laughs> trial, I think. Or eighteen. And I and I just use the word metal as a sort of naive vehicle for this conversation. And when, you know, back then when I was 14 or whatever, 16, I would use it the same way. I d it didn't matter, you know, be like, hey, do that metal yeah. thing, Jason, you know, um, much like I was just uh, talking to our friend Nate Mendel at his studio. And I w Nate and I were recording something and the engineer there said he recorded this band, which I think is a hardcore band that I kind of knew of. And I was like, oh, you recorded those guys. How was it? Blah, blah, blah. And he said it was really, it was fun. It was great. Listen to it. He played me a little second. I was like, yeah, it's really heavy hardcore. And he said, here's the weirdest thing. They call their band a pop band. <laughs> yeah. They, and he's sincere. These are like young adult men, but... It, um, you know, it's very strange. And I'm sure I was like to the older punk guys going, yeah, just like we're like a metal band, but we're kind of, punk, you know, and they were just like, what are you fucking yeah, talking about, child? Anyways. Needle on the compass is different now. Yeah. All right. So how you feel? You just did that little touring. How do you feel about touring? Could you get back in the van for 13 shows? Yeah, easily. That the four day thing was like, I, like I was sad to leave. We rented a Cruise America RV because it was cheaper than flying. So the oh. guys came out to Detroit from Rhode Island, and I just flew in there. And yeah. uh, and it was it was so fucking fun. And oh, um, yeah, I, I I was truly sad to fucking get out of the van. So we we have like a bunch, not a bunch. We have a couple like five day stints like every six weeks or so we're gonna do like a five-day swing of somewhere and then see how it goes I, I like for me one week is doable with my work um two weeks it could be done but that'd be tough but uh i feel the need to get a, some new songs especially because we're doing a week with soul side and they have like i think like 14 new songs or something which i think i mean just between you and me uh, it's going to be good for us because no one wants to hear new songs from an old band. So we're coming in. We're coming That's true. The hits. They're going to be like doing this whole new jazz direction and we're just going to fucking keep it concise. <laughs> so don't tell anyone, but I'm hoping our uh, laziness is going to pay off in a big way. 
Yeah, you're right. It might. Yeah. It just might. I, wa- I wanted to start the, the Providence show with like a long like Spinal Tap jazz exploration thing, you know, and then go then go into like trial or something. Oh but, my. but I wanted to do it for like three or four <laughs> minutes, like to the point where people are like, you know, like, yeah, fucking like, oh, my feet hurt. This is terrible. <laughs> um, are there West Coast shows? Um, we had a handful booked and then there's all these uh, other tours that are like literally the exact like same 30 people that would come to our show are going to want to go to this show like 10 percent more um so i think we're going to do some rearranging maybe just do a northern california swing and then southern california that that's Mm -hmm. up in the air okay anything you're uh apprehensive about touring uh besides getting covid for the 50th time i I haven't gotten it um everyone else every other singer i'm noticing gets it maybe from 30 other old guys spitting in their face while they scream at them um or all the kissing they do after the shows yeah there's probably been a lot of that not even uh <laughs> yeah not even for, like back in the day when we toured all the time the, <laughs> there wasn't a lot of that that ever happened um we were known for getting people's addresses to become pen pals later in the hopes that that would start a long literary <laughs> you know campaign of letters that would lead to romance years later <laughs> not a quick roll in the hay type of band. <laughs> no it was a it was a much more like theatrical like windswept irish coast you know like a feather written like scroll that'd be sent by like a crow <laughs> yep all right well I want to see one of these shows. I hope I get to see one somewhere. Oh, I have one one more question before we go. You've got to still play with your thumb on your top string, right? Um, <laughs> is that your is that your specialty? Uh, you mean like a finger picking type thing? Oh, I don't know. I just remember I played with you in your basement once, and you, yeah, your E string, your thumb. It's always there. That, is that right? Or am I a drummer and just saw that? No, I saw that, you like pick your guitar. That time you played, that was, was like, in your. That was in your practice space in Seattle, and that okay. The, all those songs I had with um, that I was playing all the time with William, it was this really drop like a drop C tuning. I I thought I had invented it, but maybe I didn't. Yeah. Um, and so I had to like intonate this whole guitar just for this tuning. So that the time we played it was with oh. that. So all the rhythm was with my thumb on the top three strings. Usually that was like the chord, and then I would do this kind of weird devilish twiddling below it. Um, God, yeah, I I just sent that tape to the VA guys. I was like, see if there's anything in here. I don't know how to practice with a band over the Zoom. So I'm like, I don't know. Here's all my tapes. Play along to that. I'll play along at home. I've been meaning to talk to you about this for years because I figured you were the one person that would know all the ways to do this. But I I think think that might be hopeless for me. I'm an in-person kind of dude. But no, so that that was a... That was a when I moved out here discovery that I came up with. Okay, you were wowing us out here. In the West Coast. <laughs> I wowed you okay. and William. Yeah, <laughs> two like dumb a, drummers. Watch, watch me wow these that, drummers. I, that I, I've told this story and, and you know it. How Dave Grohl changed the fucking course of my music career. How did he do that? I was recording next to the Black Cat after Sunny Day Real Estate's last show, their first last show in D.C., and it was like. A couple of days before I was moving back to Olympia. So my band at the time, Rain Lake Santa Trains, was 
we were we called it a day and we're just recording our last couple songs and then we went next door to the black cat watch sunny day and then you know i had known i'd known nate since verbal salt days um and and we played with thief steal me a peach which was the run-up to sunny day yes and uh so william nate and i were in a corner table at the black cat and we quickly were like well what are you doing and like what are you doing next kind of thing and you know within a couple minutes we had formed a band you know because i was going to be in olympia in a few days and uh and for like 45 minutes we just got all stoked talking about what we're going to do and like do things differently and not get stuck in these little you know quagmires and uh and then the fucking bartender hands William the phone and he's like, are, are you William from sunny day? He's like, yeah. And, and William like goes off with a corded phone with a really long cord. And, uh, <laughs> I was kind of watching William like, who the fuck gets phone calls from the bartender, you know? And, uh, yeah. and I saw William's face just like get all weird and like kind of looking at us nervously. And then he finally came back and he's like, uh, yeah, he looks at me really nervously. And he looks at, at Nate and he's like, uh, that was, uh, Dave Grohl. Uh, he uh, wants us to be in his new band. And I was like, motherfucker. You know, I was like, God damn it. Uh, and I was just like, you know, that's probably going to be a better gig than uh, than I can offer you. And <laughs> the rest is history. Oh, man. You know, I think Dave owes it to you. I, you could be like the 14th guitar player in the Foos maybe for a couple of years. What do you think about that? Yeah, that's yeah, that's crazy. a pretty wild little moment. Dave, you shake your fist in your head every once in a while. It's just like, girl, I, I'm going to get you. I was, I was, uh, and I don't say this, but like I was, by that point, I had been fucking touring for like seven or eight years straight, you know, pretty, pretty hard uh, touring. I think we stayed in the hotel like three times yeah. in like seven years. Um, and my fucking ears hurt. <laughs> and, um, and I, I was, it was, you know, that was, right when everyone was being signed and I was hell bent on, on not being signed. Right. I was, I was just against it. And I went to Olympia and did my little stint as an organic farmer and learned that I should not do that. And, uh, and then, uh, you know, as soon as I finished school, I was just back into carpentry and turned to a business and turned into a family. And, uh, um, um, I, I I don't say this to rub it in, but it seemed like not the best two decades to be a musician. I felt like <laughs> uh, I'm happy with my life. I thank Dave. Maybe, you know, yeah. For, I mean, if it wasn't for Dave, I, <laughs> no, I... I've wanted to give Dave a hug for the last several months after his shitty, shitty year. Um, I don't say that lightly yeah. or disparagingly. Yeah. Um, I do want to ask you if you could put it in one sentence if yourself back then, why didn't you want to get signed? What was your one response? Like, right, we want to sign you. And you're like, nah, it's like, why not? What well, would you have said? I mean, it might be verbal assault was the band that would have been signed and verbal assault was over. Rain like sound of trains. Wasn't getting a lot of hot <laughs> offers. So that's an untested theory. <laughs> Because honestly, if someone offered me 300 bucks, okay. I'd been like, you know, I will take my pants off and do that. Um, but it was, it was uh, the politics. I, I was always kind of playing by the DC rules, and yeah. so it, 
just didn't feel like an honest option for for me. Although it was, there was that whole chapter with Rain Lakes on a Trains and uh, Tim Yohannan, where Tim Yohannan wouldn't review us because they said we sounded like Rush. <laughs> no way. Yeah. And, uh, no. Yeah, and we were we were like touring, you know, literally like, you know, we had we had like just we would tour with like just a just a really confrontational riot girl spoken word opener and we didn't even sell t-shirts yeah. we only sold howard zinn books <laughs> and fucking just ate raw lentils you know we just have to like leave the lentils in our mouth so we would like soak them with saliva till they were squishy enough to chew so it was just like the punkest fucking thing and we were yeah. we were definitely musically like you know not for you know like pretty there's a lot of notes let's just say sure. um yeah but but no rest. there was a thing where it was like all right if you know if you don't want us maybe we should fucking sign to the next person that offers us no one's offering us anything i'll start a band with Liam and nate god damn it dave <laughs> so, uh, so who knows okay yeah all right man well it was nice to talk to you thank you very much yeah nice to talk to you time. honestly i feel like this podcast has kept us apart because since you've been threatening to podcast oh, me God. for all these years, I've been kind of saving my stories. Yeah. And we've chatted less. And there was a pandemic. But yeah, that needs to stop. I know. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's meet. In the, well, what is in the middle of it? There's nothing in the middle. Just come over. Come to West Seattle. Go the south yeah. way. We'll, we'll pick a ball. Yep. Let's do it. All right. Take care of yourself. I hope to see you and then your new band verbal assault soon. <laughs> my new band which i've crazily named verbal assault which kind of makes sense now i was always like for like 30 years i didn't want to tell people the name i was like oh it's not that artful or delicate it's uh and now there's uh, people always send me like it's always an article about marjorie taylor green that has verbal assault in the title sure. i'm like yeah I've, i know she verbal assaults everyone i get it it's a bad it's a bad band name yeah they're all bad band names. Yeah. All right, man. Okay, I love you. I hope to see you soon. Yep. Love you too. Yep. Bye. Bye. All the way from Newport, Rhode Island, verbal assault. <laughs>